0: I'm Anna Horford, and you're listening to the Celtics Life podcast. Welcome, everybody, inside the Celtics Life podcast. We are recording this Tuesday night, April third. We got a week and a half left of the regular season. Uh, Somehow, the Celtics are the the Walking Dead. Celtics are are still in the mix for the uh, number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Maybe not so much after tonight, but we'll get into that in a second. We're going to take a look at the playoff situation, how it's going to shake down with uh the, all the injuries that we've got that have just accumulated to insurmountable amounts. I, I I think at this point. And we're going to go into uh you know getting to see a little bit of these other guys and and what they what they might become in their careers seeing a lot of these young guys play. I'm going to take a little crystal ball into that. But uh it's me and my man Justin Quinn in the building tonight on the Celtics Life podcast. What's up Justin?
1: Oh, not too much. Just getting ready for the playoffs, man. Just like everybody else.
0: Yeah, man, week and a half. So uh, we're we're here. where I wouldn't say we're walking in. we're limping into the playoffs here. Uh, we're we're really limping into tonight's game. Uh, we're recording this just before the Celtics tip off with the Bucks tonight, and uh, we have one, two, three, four point guards out tonight. So we've got we've got no Kyrie, obviously, no Marcus Smart still, obviously. Uh, our boy, we thought Terry was going to play earlier today, but that is not the case. And Shane Larkin is out too, which means that Kadeem Allen is getting his first start, his first NBA start in just his thirteenth game. Well, what what are these injuries, Justin? Is is this going to be? I mean, I, you would think we've won what six in a row now. This this kind of has to be the breaking point, right? We're playing against a playoff team, and uh, they are we're in pretty rough shape.
1: If we win this game and Brad Stevens doesn't get coach of the year, then. I'm, I'm, I just – I don't even know what to say at this point. So, yeah, I kind of expect us – we're going to drop a game. We – okay, jumping back to the one scene. For us to grab mm-hmm. that, we're going to need to basically win just about every game left on the roster, save maybe one. And that would either right. – You know, and that – then. Well, there's your one. <laughs> yeah, because we can't lose the game against Toronto.
0: Right, so you have to win tomorrow, and then – who's gonna be who are we gonna even have tomorrow. We don't even know yet, you know? So not not looking good. I, I mean I had already thought this ship had sailed. The only reason we're back in this point is because they just keep winning games somehow and we beat Toronto the other night. It, Toronto fans seem to have thought that they have already forfeited the one seed after doing the Green Envy after that game the other day. But I with with the uh, with tonight's game, uh, I mean even if Toronto loses tonight we'd still be two back. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's. I think we're done for in that regard.
1: It could still happen, but yeah, I mean, I'm entertaining the notion that it's not completely ridiculous, but it's going to be ice cream on the cake. And you know, not to get ahead of ourselves with the playoff talk, but it may not be in our best interest to get the one seed. So we're not going to know until really, really, like probably Monday next week or so right. to be sure.
0: Yeah, we were talking. We were talking in the the uh, our Celtics life group message and talking a little bit about the perhaps that in the best Celtics best interest is we still end up with the two seed and but the, yet Toronto wins the game tonight against the Cavs and we, we, you know making them finish with the four seed rather than the three which would make Toronto and you know uh, Cleveland potentially match up in round two and us avoiding only having to play one of them should we be able to even make it that far.
1: Yeah, I would really, really, really rather avoid picking up both of them if it's possible. And of course, like you were hinting at, we gotta get out of the first round. Right. It seems (laughs) it seems without these injuries Uh, a few teams are they may be gunning for that for for us, basically to, to 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 draw us because we are probably the most vulnerable home court team.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I've seen that, and I've seen a lot of talk about Washington maybe gunning to get that um, that seventh seed, right, so they would hit, face us in round one. Um, I, I say, I, I, I think that's, not that it's not a good idea to perhaps pick your opponents, but I'm not sure that that's the greatest idea, the way that the Celtics have still been playing, and Washington's going to be coming in with John Wall, sure, it's John Wall, but coming back into the lineup after not playing for all this time, uh, I'm not so sure. You know, I, I guess I guess we'd be a whatever. You get what you uh, you get what you want, but I I don't think that's the greatest idea for them.
1: And even when you try to do it, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Like I've seen plenty of teams like actually try to lose games on purpose and win them anyway. So mm-hmm.
0: we will see. I mean, we're coming up. It's going to be a wild week and a half here, especially when we don't even know who's playing in every game for us in in the way that the uh, injuries are. So uh, I think the uh, two seeds pretty much a lock at this point, but. Stranger things have happened, I suppose. Anyway, so what we were talking about earlier, too, is uh, with, with all the injuries and seeing a lot of these different guys play, we've seen, I mean, we're going to see Kadeem Allen start a game tonight, and we've only seen him play as of, you know, regularly as of late um, with all the injuries. Um, but kind of taking a look into, you know, what some of these guys, you know, what's, what's the limit for some of these guys? I mean, a lot of guys in the NBA – it's it's opportunity and so, man, there's probably a lot of guys that that never reached their potential just based on the fact that they never got the opportunity to play and um, wh- you know when you see a lot of these guys play especially in their rookie year like that um, you know maybe we can take a little look and see what what what, what could these guys could actually potentially be um, so starting off with Kadeem Allen what do you think Justin what, what's the what's the you know what, what's this guy's ceiling. Starting point guard. You think One starting night. point guard? No offense, Kadim. I mean, I, I was probably stealing. But where, where? No, where do you actually think? I think he I may mean, have just
1: hit his peak. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm serious. I I, I love Kadim. He is a very competent point guard, particularly for a two way player. He might be able to carve out a kind of a journeyman, you know, mm-hmm. deep rotation role for for longer term. But I mean, he's 25 years old already. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's the biggest mark against him, right?
1: Yeah. And frankly speaking, this may very well today, this evening, his start for the Celtics might just this be might his only career start.
0: I can't really, uh, I can't really argue with that. I mean, he's, uh, when you have a guy that's he was in college for that long, um I think the Celtics, when when they were going into this season, I mean, obviously they thought they were going to be contending and, and drafting a guy like Allen late in the second round. I think they were they were looking at that point at drafting guys that could. Potentially play this season if called upon, and and I think that that's kind of what happened here. Rather than get some more kids, right, and maybe that's going to come in handy tonight, but uh, we'll we'll see. But um, so moving down the list, how about a guy that's actually played a lot this year, Aaron Baines? He's thirty-two years old, un- un- unrestricted free agent. Excuse me.
1: So the way that we organize this, just to be clear, we are talking about where players are going to end up. Not necessarily their floor or their ceiling. The, the best what we they actually possibly consider, could. Right, yeah. sure. Now, for players who are past their prime, they're basically, this is, unless they have been better you no. know, with the Celtics, I, I, I think that in this case, Aaron Baines has two paths in front of him. Now, some of you have been, have been catching, we'll talk about this a little bit more, about him shooting the three. You know, not just in practice, but also in game. He's hit, I think, three this year? Two or three this year. Mm-hmm. No, three, three his whole career and two this season. Two this season, yeah. Yeah. So, let's be honest. Hitting them in practice, not exactly the same thing as hitting them on an NBA court with a defender in your face. But, if he can integrate that, even, you know, like, low 30%, you know, hitting that kind of a rate, he might... Become a, a poor man's version of Marc Gasol. Marc Gasol was able to transform his career by picking up the ability to shoot from deep. Now it's not really a good fit for for the way that Aaron is used at the moment. But if you can get the big guy to jump to the corner when nobody's guarding him, that just opens up the lane. Once people start reacting for it, I mean they're going to react to it. They're going to. Basically, adjust once they start seeing him doing that. But if he can pull it off, it could be a valuable part of his career. Now, if he doesn't end up pulling that off, then this might just be the absolute peak of his career. He's still, you know, he's still very mobile, big, and he's got good footwork, so he could stick around for another year or two, or maybe even three, roughly the same level. But I mean, he's he's been, you know, top twenty, sometimes even top ten on defense in the entire league this season. And, you know, big guys, particularly big guys built like him, don't tend to age too well. So I kind of feel like this is it for, for, for me anyway. What do you think?
0: Well, I, I think he's probably – the role that he plays now is, I think, his peak. I mean, I don't, I don't see him improving on that. I think that he could potentially stick around for longer just based on playing – you know, he could be a piece of a contending team or – but just a good team or any team for that matter, playing in the role that he's playing now. I just don't see him getting any better than that. I mean, he's, I can't see him having any bigger of a role with another team than, than what he does with the Celtics now. So uh, I would, I would say that, you know, the amount of years he sticks around three, two, four, whatever it is. Um, I, but I think that he can play going forward, doing this role for a few more years. I mean, we, we haven't seen him banged up a ton. Um, he's, he's stays on the court at least. And, and he has a role. He's not a, supremely good at anything uh, he's a good uh, defender defense is probably his you know key um but as good you know he's not a, he's a good rebounder he's not a great rebounder so i, I think what you see is kind of what you get that's aaron beans and and, and and that's probably where he'll end up right you know playing this role whether it's with this team or not with another contending team probably next year because it, it, it is a serviceable you know it's a role that that some teams do need Moving on, uh, Jabari Bird. I kind of got him in the same boat as Kadeem Allen. He's 24. Uh, His his contract's up this year. He's unrestricted Mm -hmm. free agent. I would say Uh, at at that age, kind of, I mean, if he becomes a a rotation player, end of the rotation player, I would say that's probably best-case scenario for him.
1: See, I kind of think that he has a little bit more potential than that. I wouldn't be terribly surprised given the lack of second-round pick that Boston has, Uh, In this upcoming draft, it wouldn't surprise me to see Danny Ainge offer him one more year. I think he can only do two years of a two way contract, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I could see him getting one more year just because he can still guard. He's like a, a, you know, fittingly, a poor man's version of Jalen Brown. They both went to school at Cal together. And that has value in the same way that Kadim has value. I don't expect too much from him, but, you know, he is a year younger. He can he can defend basically two through five in, in short stretches, I think, at least on, on that level. You know, I'm not talking like starters or anything like that. So for, for a rotation guy who is basically not incredibly likely to be picked up unless, somebody, unless uh, Danny picks up somebody who didn't get drafted, which is, you know, also possible in such a deep draft, I kind of think that there is a chance he's going to stick around, but I think our expectations should be pretty low with him.
0: Now the next three guys, we can lump these guys kind of together. Um, Basically the stars on the team, Uh, Hayward, Horford, Irving, any one of them stick out to you growing beyond their position. I I kind of feel like Irving maybe as there's a little chance there for him to grow a little bit, but for, to be honest with you, I, I would say that all three of them are probably pretty close to the their peak and i mean except horford probably on the downswing Uh, but the other two i don't see the other two getting um much better than they are so i mean we're dealing with you know perennial all-star players here right i think
1: that real realistically we are probably a wash for all of them i think like you said horford's probably gonna start to tail off a little bit his game is conducive to sticking around a little bit longer Uh, he if you could just like you know, take take a, a, a classical big man and make them hyper-mobile and not in the traditional smash-against-another-big-man kind of role, but kind of rolling the perimeter a bit more. That is going to preserve his body a lot. Hayward, I, it's really it's a big question mark. He could still grow as a player, but, you know, he's coming back from a very severe injury. So if we get him back at even 80% of what he was, I am not going to be upset about that. That's still a really great player. Top 50 NBA, he might not, he might not even get to that. He might surpass it. It's really hard to say at this point. It's not like we have that much that we can compare to like that severe of an injury and then coming back after missing basically an entire season. Now, in the case of Irving, I do think that he has a lot of potential to grow, mostly just in making better decisions. Now, mm-hmm. also has the whole health question going on in such a way that we don't know whether this knee thing is going to be an ongoing problem. The tendonitis may be a recurrent problem that will diminish his his capabilities. And we, we, you know, we we are told that he is not having any other structural issues, which is great, but sometimes doctors miss them and sometimes they develop, you know, so I, I kind of feel like roughly where he's been this season is a, is a good baseline for him going forward.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I think um, I, I'm going to be going on the positive side here, and I think both of them are going to recover from the injuries. I, I, If they say that Irving hasn't had any structural damage, then I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if that's the case and they do actually remedy what it is that's bothering him, um, at least he can come back and, and he'll be playing, hopefully pain-free for the most part. And, uh, and Hayward, you know, given some of the – I mean, we've seen Paul George come back from – A devastating leg injury I think it you know once that ankles healed and I think that's why they played it cautious this year they imagine that he's gonna come back next year at you know and be himself again so but I I, but I can't see either one of them getting any better aside from maybe making some better decisions like you said I think in terms of athletic performance they've they've peaked on that so Shane Larkin here's a guy that came in went overseas came back to the NBA this year Uh, he's played a pretty big role especially late in the year with all the injuries Um, I mean, he's come in and done, like, whatever it is that needed to be done for the Celtics. Uh, I'm curious to see where he goes. Uh, He's an unrestricted free agent after this. I think there's some more potential for him to play a bigger role on a team. Uh, What do you think, Justin?
1: I think we will be lucky if we can retain his services. It's going to be, you know, him, him coming down with the flu might actually be really good for our playoff aspirations, which sounds kind of weird, but he's been having some issues with his knee and that has been been bothering him for some time now. And rest is probably what he needed. But as you've been mentioning, the, the point guard situation being what it is, he'd be getting a lot of heavy minutes this week. The, him being sick and having to miss some time to recover might actually be a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Not that I want you know our players to get sick ever for any reason. But in this case... He's really proven to be a valuable part of the rotation when it counts, and I don't think there's anyone in the league who is questioning whether he belongs in the NBA anymore. And while there are a fair amount of point guards in the league right now, it's not that difficult to find a competent one. He's a guy he can probably get on the cheap, so we're going to have to watch out. I mean, we, uh, you know, if he likes playing with us, that's that's wonderful. But if he doesn't, you know, it's going to be hard to retain him.
0: Yeah, I, I think his – I mean, his peak to me is um, – I don't see him as a starting point guard, but I see him as, like, one of the best backup point guards, you know, on a good team. So I, I think he, he's got at least that much upside in, 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 in my eyes. Uh, another guy, recent mm-hmm. uh, uh, signee, Greg Monroe. I, he's only 28, which I didn't – I thought he was older than that. Uh, also an unrestricted free agent. Any chance he's back with the big club next year?
1: Well, I think it's going to be Aaron Baines or Greg Monroe, one of the two, but not both. It might be neither. You know, it really might be. I mean, if we decide to. It really might be. (laughs) Right. If we decide to extend Smart and Terry Rozier, then it very Mm -hmm. well could be neither. And we might just go with Daniel Tyson, whoever we can get, you know, for that minimum, basically. But Mm -hmm. Greg Monroe, I think. Greg Monroe is another guy who can shoot from a mid range, which means he probably can shoot from three. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, if it's really worth him exploring that because I know he's tried it in the past and it hasn't worked out too well. Maybe he could develop his game and kind of, you know, give a little bit more. You know, he's young enough still where he'll he'll be good for another three or four years. He's got one more good contract in him. But I mean, the way he plays now, even though he has become kind of more of an Al Horford type big in in terms of maximizing his above-average passing abilities, his feet are still like cinder blocks, and it's hard for him to function in a modern defense. Realistically, if he can't if he can't augment his offense, he's going to have a hard time getting even even double-digit million contract. So. I think that his, his peak was actually probably still in with Detroit, to be honest.
0: Now, you say Monroe, Baines, neither one of them might be back. Well, there's a guy, Marcus Mars, who we do have signed for next year. And he's, uh, I, I mean, he's, look at how he's showed up huge with all the injuries late as of late. Um, and You know, he's averaging like 20 points a game. Um, over his last like five or something not not or close to 20 something yeah, he, yeah it's, this guy shows he can score i mean it's something we've known he could do uh but i still at 29 i think we've seen the best from morris i think we're seeing the best from morris right now but do you think he could be a starter on on, uh, on another team and put up those kind of numbers for a whole season? I'm
1: not entirely sure he, he could. I mean, he's, he's been shooting the three and shooting more efficiently just in general, and I think a lot a lot of that has to do with Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure he can get much better than he – I mean, if he can stop with the ISO, if he can stop with – Yeah, a lot of ISO. Ball. Yeah, like that is really – like if he can eliminate that from his game and become more of a pass-first kind of a player – which is, it's just almost ridiculous to even say this, but I mean he has, he has come a really long way in minimizing it this season. So I do think that he could conceivably diminish that even further and hold steady or even get a little bit better. But he's very close to his peak if that it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I think the ISO ball has become. I, I think he's done a great job all year of not being that guy, and then now he has reverted to it only because of the lack of options the Celtics have had on offense. So, for you know, I, I, maybe that's just an aberration with, you know, him needing to score because who else was going to score, right? But at the same time, I, I think this is peak Morris we're seeing right now. And, you're, I mean, you're much better. Sure, he could be a starter on a good team, but, but I think he's much better providing that punch off the bench, and, that, and that's, like, the best role for him um, as, as long as he's efficient with it. Next up, Abdel Nader, right? hasn't hasn't been hasn't been the best so so far. So last year's G League, or was still the D League at the time, Rookie of the Year, right? And uh, not not faring as well in the in the, in the pros. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, he seems like he gets kind of lost. It seems like the game was a little too fast for him. He can stay in front of most of the people he gets assigned to on defense, which is why he why he sees a lot more time, I think, than a lot of people think. Mm-hmm that he deserves. But, that said, he does have a lot of potential, and when I say that, I don't necessarily mean that he's going to be any kind of a star, or even necessarily like a high-rotation player, but I do think that he has the potentiality to play 10 to 15 minutes a game on a regular basis in a year or two from now, once the game slows down for him a little bit more, once his offense becomes a little more consistent, He's never going to be an important player for the Boston Celtics because of what he does, but what he might be important for is what he does for what he costs because he's on a very cheap contract and I believe I believe we have him for three more seasons after this one which is going to be
0: Yeah, at least right.
1: super important to to keeping us out of the tax as long as possible. Just trying to keep the good players on this team together.
0: Yeah, he's a total uh, I, right. Like like you said, I, I could see this guy actually being an NBA. And, and people must might think we're crazy right now. You watch him play, but he he actually is a lot better than he's shown in those games. And I, I he he kind of can do a little bit of everything, right? He's a good defender. He's you know uh, he's a wing that you know Brad likes those wing players. Uh, he's got a little length. He's got some athleticism. He can shoot from the outside. I know it doesn't all showed up, but. Don't be shocked if he's on the team next year because of whatever, however the roster shakes down in the off season, they have the option to bring him back for peanuts. And if they need a body, they're going to bring him back. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, was actually playing a little bit more next year. Uh, like you said, the game slows down a little bit and, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, he's a potential candidate to be around and still playing. But I, but I think an end of the rotation player is probably where, where he ends up, uh, Another guy, rookie, semi Uh So another guy who's 24. But my thinking with him, a little different than the other guys, is he was also a uh, you know, mid-second-round pick. He, his, I, my, my ceiling for him is I don't think he's, he's never going to be some kind of star player or anything like that, but he could potentially be a starter on a team and play like that Bruce Bowen role. Uh, he's an absolute beast on defense. And if he gets consistent with hitting that, that outside shot, he can definitely carve out a role. As, as an NBA starter,
1: I agree. I look at him as kind of a Marcus Smart who knows when not to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, his game's very similar, not quite as aggressive as Smart, but I mean, who is really only a handful of players that I can take
0: him bigger? Too, so, yeah, uh, yeah, got a little more muscle there. In case you didn't notice, uh, he's, <laughs> he looks like a, he looks like he's a, a bodybuilder out there.
1: Yeah, and he, he has the, the benefit of knowing when he isn't making his shots, which is most of the time still. But, you know, that is not unusual for rookies, particularly rookies taken in the second half of the second round.
0: So, and now, so maybe the maybe two of the most important people here, uh, the people that we're going to have to make some decisions on in the very near future, Now, one sooner than the other, but Terry Rogier and Marcus Smart. These two guys... Uh, Smart's been a little up and down this year. We also had the boneheaded um, uh, punching of the glass. Um, Which season? But, but, <laughs> but, hey, but Terry Rogier comes looks like an absolute animal out there. I think a lot of us saw this potential. Uh, we know Danny Ainge was high on Rogier, and he's been high on Rogier since he's gotten him. Uh, these two guys let's start with Rogier. Well, where? What do you think? What's the uh, what's the peak? Or what's where do you think he ends?
1: Well. Up? I think that Terry Rozier has star potential. Not superstar potential, but top 50 player star potential. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to get there. He's pretty close now. I would say he's top, he's a top 100 player or so, roughly. Not not real far in there, 70, 80, somewhere in there. But he's definitely, if he, he could start for a lot of teams in the NBA right now, particularly if they have better talent, more consistent talent, because he, he's still a little streaky. Yeah. But, you know, he's finishing a lot better. He's shooting a lot better. He's turning the ball over a lot, but still less than he has been. He's becoming a lot more competent of a point guard. And that is just on offense. On defense, you know, he's got that seven-foot wingspan. He's constantly disrupting plays. He's a perfect fit for this team. And, frankly speaking, I'm a little bit worried about that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm worried, too, because what we're going to run into, obviously, is um, obviously we have Rogier through next year, so that's not an issue. He could be on this team next year, but whether or not the you know, Danny Ainge decides, I mean, obviously, if you're rolling with Kyrie Irving going forward, I mean, he's not signed after next year, but if, if that's the direction you're going to go and you're confident that that's going to work out, you, you know, how long can you keep Terry Rogier as a as a bench player, uh, because like you said, he could probably start on probably uh, maybe, maybe not half, but pretty close to half of the NBA teams right now. Right. Uh, if you were starting next year, you know, I'm sure there's almost at least half of the league would be happy to have him as a starting point guard. Good. But I think a lot of that ties into what you do with the other guy we were talking about, Marcus smart. It's restricted free agent, So the Celtics obviously have the ability to match. You and I got into a lot of discussions about this before the season came up. You swore that, uh, it, It was in our favor not to sign the extension when I when I wanted to sign him for whatever it was at the time, twelve million, only because the Celtics would be able to get him for pretty cheap this year, regardless of what he does, because there's not going to be a lot of teams to pay for him. Where do you think Marcus Smart? Let's what where where does he end up, Justin?
1: Well, if there's a team out there that views him as the missing piece and is willing to give him a sign and trade deal, that could conceivably put him out of our range. Now we've been talking about this most of the year, various various points in articles and on podcasts, about how there's not a lot of money this summer to be had, and there's a lot of guys ahead of him, you know, at least one of them a lot of the running in the form of Isaiah Thomas, who is, you know, widely viewed as someone who was going to make more money than him. So that's that's one more guy who's probably not going to get better than a mid level exception, which really sucks.
0: Cool, Isaiah. Yeah.
1: But, you know, still, I would say that the odds of Marcus Smart getting offered much more than that are very low because there's very few teams. You know, once, once we get through all the, the larger names who are going to be potentially on the board, or definitely, even if, even the guys who are definitely going to be on the board, I'd have Smart about 11, 12, 13, somewhere in that range. And with only about 10 teams to spend, really, realistically, the only way he's going to get more than we were offering him is if another team falls in love with him, which could happen. You know, I've heard I've heard Indiana really likes him. I don't know if there's any truth to that. You know, they were also looking into Aaron Gordon, I believe, as another option. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that might take a stab at him, but I do tend to agree that there's a pretty good chance that we are going to be able to retain his services. I don't necessarily think, He's going to get too much better than he is right now. I think the, the potential is still there. He's only
0: twenty four years old, you know. So, yeah, they're both they're both twenty four. Him and Rosier, same age.
1: So, but with with, with Terry, we've seen progression. Mm-hmm. With Marcus, we really haven't. You know, we've seen a little bit added to his game each year, but the offense is just not coming along. I am okay with that. I am totally fine with that. If he ever learns to shoot in the, the places where he's good, even if he never shoots any better. He'll become a much more valuable player. I think he can do that. But at this point, you know, what is it, four seasons now? I I just, I don't even care, you know. Like, I I don't have any expectation that he's going to get better, and that's totally fine. Now, I do think he'll be a little bit better. I think his shot selection is going to improve a little bit by the time he's around 26, 27. So I think that he could, you know, become like a starter starter, but I don't think he'll ever be a starting point guard. It's just not what I see him as.
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, if he was going to be a starter, I think he'd be at shooting guard. And just because they would want somebody else, you know, now with the way the league is, you want point guards that can shoot and whatever. Um, so I, I think Smart is probably best suited in the role that he plays with us. And I think that's why he's got a better opportunity to be here years forward, especially if it works out, like you said, um, money-wise this offseason, if they can sign him to a multi-year deal and we can hang on to him. He's a guy that's happy to come off the bench, play that six-man role. Uh, he can spot start for you. He can start at either position. Um, so, I, I mean, I see him if, – if Kyrie Irving is here for the long haul, then I see – I think there's a better chance that we have Marcus Smart going forward than it is Terry Rozier. And I wouldn't be shocked if, um, we, we re-sign, if we do re-sign Smart for a multi-year deal this offseason, if Terry Rozier gets traded because he's – you know. I, his value right now is huge and uh smarts maybe we benefit from the fact that he's not playing right now maybe this works out in the long haul because uh it allows us to keep him going forward so we'll see about that um how about here's one well here's a guy another rookie here jason tatum um i i see this guy i mean i think at worst He's a multi-year all-star. I see him as like a perennial all-star. Whether he's with this team or not, obviously the Celtics are going to hang on to him. I don't see them trading him. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Justin?
1: Well, if he can become aggressive, if he can look for his shot on a consistent basis, I think he has top five potential.
0: Now, if he doesn't... I I, I certainly think the in the realm, for sure. Yeah. If he
1: doesn't... Then I think it's kind of more of a situation where he is exactly what you said, a perennial all-star, which is a horrible, horrible, you know, runner off
0: Yeah, right. It's uh, Seriously, though, honestly, though, beyond, like, that's pretty much his floor, right? I think so. Uh, just based on how he can for the year, his floor is multi-year all-star, you know, and I think it'll be more likely perennial, he's in there every year, so I hell of a hell of a pick by by aim now we're somebody that's um uh, was another huge pickup this offseason but a little less heralded although we can feel it now that he's not around uh daniel tice he was huge for the celtics down the stretch this year he grew into his role he played more and more as the year went on we've got him for another yep. year or year. right yep. he's a free season after next season. okay so right and at at cheap Cheap, cheap, cheap. Next year, uh, so he's only twenty six years old. This guy can play. I, I think he's a potential NBA starter. Um, not necessarily a top fifty game changer player here, but but a guy that could, you you could have in your starting rotation and, and not think twice about.
1: Well, I think he's going to be a starter for us next season. I really do. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think. I mean, he kind of he plays a little bit better as a four, but I don't think that Al will be able to bang inside anymore or really want to avoid it by then. So that's going to kind kind of shift to be more of his role. It's really semantics when you talk about who's the four and who's the five in Brad Stevens' system, anyway. So right, whatever. I think I think that NBA starter. Is really where he's already at. He, the only reason he wasn't starting was just the composition of the team, really. And mm-hmm. I think if one or both of our other bigs, Monroe and, and Baines, if they, if they, if even one of them depart, then that's probably going to end up being his role just because I don't see Monroe improving enough to take the starting position and I don't expect Baines to maintain it. So.
0: And even still, too, I, I I think that going into next year, I, I think I, I agree with you that Bain, I don't think that Tice will be a starter at least not most nights because I think they're going to roll out. I mean, fully healthy, we're rolling out Kyrie, Jalen, Tatum, Hayward, and and Horford. I think that's you're you're playing Tatum at the four. I think most nights, uh, unless you're playing teams that because I don't know who you who do you sit, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of talk about moving Hayward to the four, and I think that could probably work, particularly if you're playing a little smaller. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Hayward or Tatum, I don't think it makes a difference. But, like, I think either way, I think that's most nights. When you're not playing some a team with two, you know, massive bodies down low, they'll probably roll out that lineup.
1: Well, there's another guy that I think we should bring up that we have not yet. Yaboo! Absolutely, I have another guy in mind too, but we can we can jump back to him in a second. Yabusele, all right, Gershon Yabusele. <laughs> he's he's really hard to tell, you know. I think.
0: Well, I yeah, he could be. The, the, he's I think of all the guys, this he's the most the biggest enigma to me. He is. I, I don't know where he's going to land because because he's very intriguing as a player. He's already shown
1: flashes of some very Al Horfordian. Uh, passing ability. That's the one thing that has stuck out to me is that he he knows where to find his man on the floor. Even if he's not real confident at the NBA level with his with his offense, it's it seems like he hesitates. It seems like he doesn't really trust himself. His defense is alright. It's not great, but I mean, you know, he's only twenty three years old. We've got him for a while.
0: Can... I don't think the game slowed down for him, yeah. No, and not at I, all. I like talked about before, and I think I think He'll be a lot different next year. I think, I think the, these injuries at the end of the year here are at least giving him a chance to really get his feet wet because we didn't get to see him play a lot this year. Um, he's already had a few starts. So, I, I mean, he's at 23, like you said. He's coming from overseas. He's a, but it's just he has a ton of potential. I mean, before the season, we were hearing comparisons to Draymond Green. Um, like you said, we've seen a lot of Al Horford in terms of him being able to do all these different things. We haven't seen him score a lot. Um, so, and that's another, I guess, another Al Horford trade too. Um, he, but maybe he's a player that's actually a great fit for these other guys. If we're going forward with Jason Tatum and the other guy you wanted to talk about that we're going to talk about next, maybe he's a perfect guy to be like, you know, third or fourth banana with those guys.
1: I think Mm so. That other guy, in case you haven't figured it out by now, the the, the gaping hole that he's left is Jalen Brown. Some of our readers have taken to calling him every other game brown, which recently is not entirely unfair. Now, after what happened to him, I'm going to give him a little bit of time to get his game back And order he was supposedly dealing with a sore big toe the last time. He's a really hard player to peg also, because there are some games where he, I won't say he disappears, but he does not he doesn't have it. And then there's other mm-hmm. games where he's like, yeah, destroyer of worlds. It's like, I don't even I don't know what what it is. But I mean, if you look at his numbers compared to other players, he is pretty close to some some really good company. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, you know, in his second year in the league played fairly similar, like better. Definitely don't mistake what I'm saying. But the numbers are within 90 percent of each other. And the game is not that different. I could see him playing a very, you know, people said that Kawhi couldn't shoot. People said that Jalen Brown couldn't shoot. Both of them have learned to shoot pretty consistently. Jalen Brown has put it together in in recent games from the free throw line, hitting, you know, 70 80%. That is a big development. It might not seem like a big development, but consistency is going to be key for him. Now, To some of our listeners who I know whose heads are probably spinning because of the Kawhi comparison, I'm not saying he's going to be like the Kawhi of last year. I have no idea what Kawhi is going to be going forward. Nobody does, not even Kawhi. But the point of the comparison is that his ceiling, in my opinion, is 90%-ish of what Kawhi Leonard was last season. His floor, probably around where he's at now. Mm -hmm. I think that what we're looking at is... A three or four-time All-Star, yeah. which is, you know, not a superstar, but that's a very safe bet in my opinion. Yeah. Three or four times
0: to the All-Star. I, I think Jimmy Butler is a good comparison. I, 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 also, yeah, I agree absolutely. With, I, see, I agree with your Kawhi. I think Kawhi is the ceiling, or close to Kawhi. Maybe not quite that level, but, you know, in that realm. Um I think more likely he ends up being a Jimmy Butler, an All-Star player, who's, you know, a borderline superstar, maybe, maybe, you know, um, I think he'll end up getting a overshadowed with Tatum because I think Tatum will end up being the better scorer, and maybe will reap more of the. Uh, you know, it, it, he may be kind of his Robin to Tatum's Batman. I agree, which is kind of
1: backwards considering when they came into the league. But I mean, you will, you look at the right, two together but just in
0: terms of what they do, right? And 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 not to say that. Brown's a terrific defender and that goes unheralded a lot of times. He's a great on ball defender, mm-hmm. and he's only gets better as as he goes along. So and which is a la Jimmy Butler and Kawhi. So um, but I think somewhere in, in between, probably closer to Jimmy Butler than than Kawhi, but he certainly has the potential to get, you know, up in that realm anyways.
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. You'll be the library.
0: So, so now that we've gone through all the guys, right, a of other stuff this week. We got Ray Allen headed to the Hall of Fame. I know we don't really want to talk about Ray that much, but uh, your thoughts, Justin, what do you think?
1: I mean, he's got two rings. He made the All-Star team ten times.
0: I mean, it's obviously a slam dunk for the Hall of Fame, if you ask yeah. me. One of, maybe the best, if not, one of one of the best uh, three-point shooters of as all a, time. As a right? UConn uh, fan,
1: I might not invite him over for dinner just because how he's treated his, basically he's everyone around him since... Yeah. the Celtics, but that's not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about the Hall of Fame. He, if Mo Cheeks gets in, he gets in. I'm sorry, he, he, Mo Cheeks made made yeah. the, the All Star team four times. Has no rings, I think, or maybe no. I think he has one ring. Yeah, um, he has one ring. Yeah, the, there's there's a lot of other people that we should be talking about who didn't get in. In people like Chris Webber, who probably should have gotten in, but for some reason still haven't
0: gotten in. And he was, and he while he wasn't the best player on either of his um, championship teams or any of them um, between the Heat and the Celtics, uh, he was the best player for a long time on the Bucks, on the Sonics. Um, I mean, he you know he he was an alpha player for a long time. He stepped back into a role where he wasn't the main focus of attention. Uh, thrived in that role. Uh, won three championships. Um, had a hell of a career, uh, definitely deserves to be in whether we're sour or not about what happened. The
1: man, the man Um, is the record holder for the most important shot in the modern game. You know, he, he has made more. Yes.
0: And uh, definitely he paved the way him and guys like Reggie Miller paved the way for that to become more of a prominent part of the game. You know, those guys were, were early at taking a lot of those shots. Um, you know, when it wasn't so I mean we think about it now, and everybody launches up threes, right? We got centers taking threes, power forwards. But back then, I mean, these guys they're pioneers of, of taking a lot of shots from the
1: I'll other be surprised guys. if yeah. his record lasts yeah. five more years at the rate people are shooting.
0: Well, yeah, them. well that's the thing too. I think it's more impressive that Reggie and Ray had those records than the people that will get them going forward because yeah, of people just would how they're
1: for shooting that many threes
0: now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's you know those guys were so good at it they could get away with it you know and uh, so uh, tip of the hat to Ray there in the Hall of Fame. How about another Celtic going to the Hall of Fame too? Dino Raja, right? This is kind of wild. So he only played four seasons in the NBA, right? But his numbers don't jump off the chart that year, right? He averaged sixteen and sixteen and eight with, like, a block and a half, right? Four seasons. Uh, he did get kind of... He, he kind of got screwed. His, he, yeah. he missed, what, what, three or four years, anyways, at the beginning of his career, um, being held up from the contract from his, uh, his team over in Croatia. Um, but that said, look at all the, the overseas players that we have now. Um, Dino Raja, uh along with Tony Kuko, so Those guys, like, kind of paved the way for the, the modern game that we have now. And Dino Raja. Despite, I mean, he kind of killed the notion that European players that were coming over were all soft because he was anything but soft. Um, you know, they weren't just, he wasn't just a finesse player. He banged around with the best of them. In fact, took the Celtics back to the playoffs. We almost beat the Orlando Magic the year that they went to the uh, the finals with Shaq. I and mean, he was banging around in there with that big guy. Um, uh, hey, so I, I think this is more of a, Pioneerish kind of Hall of Fame. What, what do you think? I
1: think that that is exactly why he's getting it. I mean, there there's nothing about his career that screams Hall of Fame. You know, there right. there's kind of kind of a I don't know what's the word I want to use. the The rubric for who gets into the Hall of Fame is completely mysterious, and it seems it seems more about who the players knew and what crowds they were in than necessarily. Other than the elite of the elite, you know, the people who are getting in near the fringes, there doesn't seem to be any kind of consistent basis. So for me, I think that it, more than anything else is being one of those pioneering European players is probably one of the biggest parts yeah. of the reason why.
0: Yeah, I would, I would argue what he did for the game is more important than a lot of the guys that are in the Hall of Fame, right? Being that he was from Europe and, and the message that him coming over here sent. I mean, him and Tony Kukoc, they were the top two players in Europe and they both came over here. Um, they both had you know, good careers. Uh, he got cut a little short from injury, and like we said, the t- first end of his career was uh, cut short too. So, um, But I-, I think him being in there is total merit if, if we're going on the fact of what he actually meant. I
1: don't have a problem with it. There's a lot of no. intangible, intangible members right. of the Hall of Fame that you, if you look at their record, you really have to know a little bit more context about the player to understand why
0: they're there. Right. So all right so a lot of a lot of talk we we talked in the beginning about week and a half before the playoffs right quickly let's go through playoff yeah. race here uh Markel Fultz is back um, oh, boy. He, he broke Joel Embiid's pace already maybe not having the best of uh, Yeah with his shoulder
1: team, of all but, parts uh, of his body Yeah
0: no kidding so but uh, so how does that affect the race what are we looking at here Well
1: person? as we said we're currently in second we're looking at the seventh.
0: Yeah, we're going to be almost. We're going to be the two seed. I mean,
1: we could get the 8th <laughs> right. seed, but I, I, I'm not going to really try to you know prognosticate until Monday. Yeah. I, I just, just no point. Yeah. Right now, we're looking at either yeah. Miami or Milwaukee, most likely, depending on how their games, you know, tonight shake out. For example,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the sure. other. Other players, other players, other teams that could fall into our range uh, would be Philadelphia, Cleveland, and Indiana. Uh, Philly is in fourth place over Cleveland, who is in third. Indiana is doing really well. You know, they could overtake one or both, depending on how Philly and Cleveland close out the season. They have some pretty rough schedules both. And with Philly dealing with that injury of Embiid, it's, it's, they're going to need some, some good games out of Fultz, which is, you know, kind of asking a lot at this point. So mm-hmm. Philly and Indy could also be somebody we end up looking at, even potentially Cleveland, though I really doubt at this point, because they're, 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 you know, I wouldn't say they're coming on strong, but they're, they're coming on competently. So they, they will probably stay rough right. third or fourth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep, and I mean, it's it, first round, I, I personally, I'd, I'd prefer the Heat to any of those teams in me the first too. round. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, uh, Giannis kind of scare, scares me a little bit, um, and so if we're talking about, especially between those two teams, uh, nobody on the Heat really frightens me. I know they play pretty well. They're a good team. That's not what I'm saying, but uh, they don't have a player that jumps off the page at me like, oh my God, this guy could take over the series. So, given that we are playing at less than shorthanded, I would, I'll take the team Agreed. without the megastar. Um, so, well, So we'll see. Uh, we've got a, a week and a half. We're going to see how these games shake out. Um, we've got... I mean, last week we finished 6-0. Um, we beat Oklahoma, Portland, Sacramento uh phoenix utah toronto so um at least you know four of those yeah, teams are good five. teams right we're talking about uh only two only two bottom feeders in there um so i'm uh, pretty impressive especially considering the injuries i know we've said it a million times but it really is uh especially that toronto game the other day was just kind of the way we took over that game at the end was was pretty pretty remarkable um up ahead, we got into the Milwaukee game that's on tonight. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, not, not, <laughs> I'm not optimistic given the, the injury state. Back-to-back Toronto tomorrow, um, probably in some rough shape too. Um, then we've got Chicago, Atlanta, another Washington and Brooklyn. It's going to be a tough week because we don't even know who's playing. Um, what, do you, what do you think, Justin? How do we, how do we break? <laughs> with, what's, the, what's the finish there?
1: I would like us to only lose one more game. I think oh. it's possible, but I, think I don't think that's going to happen. I think it is possible. I mean, I Chicago, Atlanta, Brooklyn, those are all gimmies. If we, if we lose those
0: Yeah, yeah. No, even, if, even, at, even at right. That's no problem. I got you there. Um, the Washington game is interesting, too, because it's so deep in the season. They may not be playing for anything at that point, right? And given that we don't have that many bodies, anyways, it's not like we're going to be resting our bench players. So, you, 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 that may be another win. My, my issue is tonight and tomorrow. Uh, we don't know who's playing tomorrow. We know who's not playing tonight. So, yeah. And at Toronto, uh, they're definitely going to be fired up after what happened the other day to send a message. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I think these next two games are probably a goner. So I I would say four and two is best case scenario. Probably more like three and three.
1: I agree, four and two is probably where it's at, and I do think three and three could happen, but if that does happen, my feeling is it will be mostly intentional, if you if you take my meaning. In terms of trying to shift to one team or another team for a playoff matchup. That's really the only way I see a three and three split. But as soon as we are, it wouldn't surprise me if we dropped both tonight's and tomorrow's game, it being Tuesday night, and as well as the, the Washington game on the tenth. Nice.
0: Sounds that sounds reasonable. Um
1: so. I did hear I did hear Daniel LaRue said that if it's irrelevant to us, we really should drop the Brooklyn game and I'm sure we all know why.
0: <laughs> yeah, well that that's for sure. Big F he had play play play. exactly. Um, Anyway, so next week we got a cool we got we got a cool segment for next week. We put it off. We were going to do it a couple weeks ago. We kept pushing it back. We'll do it before the playoffs next week. Um, our, is the is the grass greener? Uh, 2008. We're going to go back to the 08 Celtics um, on the 10 year anniversary. What you know? What are the guys doing now? What how everything shook up for that? So that be on the lookout for that in next week's pod. Um, don't forget to check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. We've got a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in the store, and you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading. You can find the blog on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and most podcaster apps. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to rate us five stars. If you don't like something or you have a suggestion, make sure to let us know in a comment of any CelticsLife article or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. We're always trying to give you guys the Celtics coverage you want the way you like it and from myself and my man Justin we'll check you guys next week take care y'all